Hello and welcome into the Lockdown of Wolves podcast. We are live on the postcast following the Timberwolves lost the Phoenix Suns on Wednesday. Marty Gellner of Valley Sports North joins the show to break down the game. The Lockdown Wolves postcast starts right now. You are Locked On Wolves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves. I'm joined by Marty Gellner from Valley Sports North. We're going to talk about the Timberwolves' loss to the Phoenix Suns on Wednesday. And this was uh, obviously a big game. They're all big games now. It's redundant to say that the Wolves had a chance to move up to, you know, basically six with the, within a game of fourth plus a tiebreaker, all that stuff had they won. Unfortunately, they lost. They're alone in seventh place now. And there's a lot of different ways we could take this game. The Wolves actually led at halftime. They were up double digits early in the third quarter, played pretty well for the first two plus quarters. But then things kind of fell apart. And and for me, the headline from this one was the sloppy offense and the turnovers more than anything else. The Wolves finished this game with, uh, what, 21 turnovers, I believe. Yeah, 21 turnovers to only eight turnovers for Phoenix. To me, that's the headline in this one. Yeah, and it was uncharacteristic. The offense, especially in the fourth quarter, it was just it was clunky. There weren't a lot of smart plays made. And I know the team has been battling this sickness that Chris Finch described as, um, he didn't say stomach flu. It was intestinal virus or something like that, a classic Chris Finch description. So I wondered how much of that kind of played into a little more of a lethargic looking team and a little more uh, clumsy and klutzy and just messy. It was kind of a struggle the entire night for the Timberwolves, but I agree, especially in the second half. And if you want to really boil it down the last, I don't know, nine minutes or so, eight, nine minutes of the fourth quarter, uh, uncharacteristic of what we've seen from the Timberwolves in this last stretch, yet still there they are with a chance to win this game in Phoenix against the number four team at full strength with Kevin Durant back in the lineup. So it's definitely, it's not a loss to hang your head about. It's sort of one to just turn the page and move on and look big picture and say, we just won four or five and we're sitting in the seventh seed with a huge game against the Lakers on Friday. Yeah. And it was, it was weird for the turnover thing and the offense in general, I thought was weird. I mean, like Sunday or excuse me, Monday against the Kings, the Wolves only turned it over six times, played a really clean game, uh, got to the line a bunch themselves. And, and, you know, it was just a, a feel good road win. And then in this game, they're actually leading early in the third. The offense is mostly pretty solid in the first half of this game. And then they finish with, with 21 turnovers and, um, so many of the turnovers were were dead ball, you know, moving screens. I I think I have to go back and look, but Rudy Gobert committed six turnovers. I believe four of them were moving screens. Um, Carl Anthony Towns committed six turnovers. At least two of his were as well. So the Wolves had at least six, essentially just moving screen foul calls in this game, and that's a bunch of those turnovers. Kyle Anderson also had five turnovers, and I think all of his were just bad passes. But um, it was a uh, just a disjointed sloppy offensive performance on the heels of a really, I think, clean performance, balanced performance in Sacramento. And I, you know, like you mentioned the, the illness going around the team, clearly, you know, Kyle Anderson was questionable. We know Anthony Edwards has been sick among others. Um, And, you know, 
it, it's impossible to know just how much that played into it, but we have to assume that it factored in. Uh, and I don't actually think like Towns obviously didn't play Monday, played in this game. I don't blame Towns necessarily. I know he had the six turnovers, but if anything, like we talked a little, we talked on the show a lot about ball stopping and the, and um, you know, just not having a flow in the offense. I thought at least for the first two, three quarters, that wasn't really the issue. I don't think there was a ton of ISO ball. I think it was more just, uh, just sloppy passing and, and sloppy screen setting and just, again, disjointed offense more than it was just like too much ISO basketball. Yeah, I would call it less ISO, and that's usually what Chris Finch means when he says the ball got sticky, and he did mm-hmm. use that phrase again tonight. To me, it was like, especially when it went through Carl, there was a lot of stop, pause, look around, navigate type of stuff instead of just like boom boom decision decision go go and a lot of times Carl didn't hold the ball and take the shot but he did hold the ball and survey and navigate a lot and I just felt like it got it stalled the offense stalled a lot as Carl was sort of deciding what to do and he had a wonderful first half 20 points in the first half but in the second half, he took a total of five shots, and he scored a total of five points. And whether that's on on Carl himself for not, you know, not being more aggressive or looking for a shot or whatever, or whether that's more on his teammates not finding him and realizing this man just had twenty in the first half, I don't know exactly where you put the blame. But the the sticky part, I didn't feel like was iso ball, but I did feel like there it was pause ball for some reason and it just it didn't have the quickness and the crispness that we have seen from the Wolves on the previous four game winning streak yeah I would agree with that I mean I actually I I agree 100% I think the Wolves did run I think Towns only had like five field goal attempts in the second half after scoring 20 in the first half as you mentioned and it did feel like they were trying to run some of those flare screens to get him the ball and, and get him in opportunities where he had some space and could operate the Suns did a good job at at just getting in town's face more on the perimeter and, and playing up on him instead of playing back and fighting through screens and switching when they needed to. And, um, and towns, I think did a little bit of the indecisive thing that we saw him do earlier this season. And I think last year he really struggled with it where, you know, at one point, Anthony Edwards even said in the media, like at a, at a press conference, like, Hey, just make a decision, go fast before the defense can double you that sort of thing. And it felt like Towns, it wasn't as much doubling in the post as it was on the perimeter. They were just kind of mucking things up. And he did feel a little indecisive in this game. Like, you know, I'm going to shoot the three, but they're good. They're contesting it. So maybe I'll pass it, but I'll fake this pass. And then I'll go. But like, and, and it wasn't just Towns. It was also Ant to an extent and Kyle Anderson even. And and um, it just, there was no flow to it. And and I think you describing it as, as the ball, you know, pausing more than being sticky, I think is a really good way of saying that. Uh, because that certainly was was an issue in this one. Um, the other thing that was uh, a topic that is a topic that everyone's talking about the free throw disparity. Now, um, the Suns attempted 27 free throws in this game. The Timberwolves attempted only 12. Devin Booker himself attempted 15 free throws in this game. Now, I went back and looked, yep. and the Suns did attempt something like 11 or 12 more shots in the paint, not paint points, but shot attempts in the paint in this game. So. I thought, you know, Phoenix is maybe a little more aggressive going to the basket. Uh, it's not the sole reason why the Timberwolves lost this game because we just spent five minutes talking about all the Wolves turnovers and, and you know, the, the lack of offensive flow. But the Timberwolves only got to the line 12 times. And no matter who you want to blame for that, I mean, if you shoot 15 less free throws than the other team, that's a big 
discrepancy to try and make up? It was, and it was something that um, was starting to frustrate players. There was a timeout where Anthony Edwards went to the bench, and he was almost like holding his head in his hands with disbelief, and he was flailing his arms a little bit. Like, he just couldn't quite accept it or know how to get past it. I feel like it was um, obviously frustrating Rudy Gobert. We've already talked about this with his screens, and he apparently lit up the official his post-game comments with a no fear of fines there, but I feel like the fouls were pretty consistent, at least against Minnesota. Like all those moving screens were called all night long and we just kept setting moving screens. And maybe you feel like that is should not be a foul, but once it's been called over and over and over and over in the same game, then I guess it's on the player sometimes too to go, okay, well, I guess I can't do that tonight. And I don't feel like the Timberwolves really ever did that. But the um, Chris Finch said something about, like, it, 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 it benefits a team when you address it with the officials, like Monty Williams had done with the officials. And then Chris Finch read off the fouling or the free throw discrepancy in this game right from his stat sheet and said something like, yeah, I guess it, it did benefit them tonight. You know, like putting it right on them. Like this, this wasn't just coincidence and I don't know how you want to look at it but um, it was a factor in the game when one individual shoots more free throws than an entire team combined it is a factor Tonight's postcast is brought to us by our friends at FanDuel. The college basketball tournament is uh, on to the Final Four this weekend, the championship after that. There's no better place to get in on the action than with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the nets. All that is on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Another thing I think that the Wolves actually did pretty well in this game, they competed on the glass, they ended up actually with an advantage uh, rebounding the ball. We've talked about how they've been much better there recently on the glass. Uh, than they were earlier this season. Um, I also thought they did a pretty good job defending, especially, again, especially the first two and a half quarters or so. On the perimeter, I thought Jaden McDaniels came out uh, mostly guarding Devin Booker. Anthony Edwards was mostly guarding Kevin Durant. And they both did a really good job. I mean, Durant started the game like 0 for 6, like 1 of 10 or something like that. And even Booker, like Booker was making shots, but he was making really tough shots early. The Wolves actually didn't get called for a foul I don't think at all in the first quarter, which is what makes this extra weird is that like all these free throws for the Suns were in the, in the final three quarters of the game. But in the first quarter, they were doing such a good job contesting all of Booker's shot attempts um, and, and also Kevin Durant's. And I was impressed with the Wolves perimeter defense. And then late in the game, it was just a little bit more of Booker getting to the line. Chris Paul doing what Chris Paul does, which is slowing things down, operating pick and roll, getting the ball to DeAndre Ayton. Um, it just a, like what the Wolves did so well early, it just kind of faded as the game went on is, is, is kind of what it felt like. And they couldn't, they couldn't get out of their own way. They couldn't take advantage of a break like that. The foul that um, Devin Booker went to his right and made this incredibly tough shot um, or actually attempted an incredibly tough shot. And Anthony Edwards was called for a foul. And this was with like, 
two and a half minutes left or something like that. And it got reviewed and reversed. And they called it jump ball because there was no imminent possession. So they go to half court to jump it up and it kind of rattles around on two people and DeAndre Aiden, who was the guy in the circle jumping it up, ended up at the basketball. And that was one of the times when Anthony Edwards was so pissed yeah. off. Yeah. And he couldn't even play defense for a minute because he was just so rattled by that. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, you get, you win this challenge. There was no foul on the play. That was a huge call. And then they couldn't get the jump ball out of it. I mean, it was a weird toss. It was a weird tip. It just, like, the whole, it was kind of a microcosm of the game. Like, just yeah. ugly and disjointed. Yeah, that one stuck out to me, too. That That's a good, that that's a good call. And, and, uh, because that yeah, the toss was like completely to the other side, to the side where all the Suns players yeah. were towards their basket. Just I don't know. It's so weird that we've seen two of those terrible tosses now in the last week. I and know, a half. and Anthony Edwards was not having it. He couldn't believe it. Yeah. He was just flailing, and the refs were not were not about I, to redo I, it. Yeah, I watched it back and Kyle Anderson, like there were like three Wolves players that were all the guys who were closest to it and could see how bad the toss was. were all just kind of like apoplectic, like, did this really just happen again? And and yet nobody, nobody stopped it because we've seen officials do that and stop it. And be like, all right, let me retoss. It was a bad toss. Yeah, but right. but we haven't seen that happen too much lately. Um, all right. So the Wolves now uh, take on the Lakers Friday and the Lakers won on Wednesday. So that means that L.A. is only a half game behind the Timberwolves in the Western Conference standings. The Wolves do have the tiebreaker against LA, which is great. But if the Lakers win and the Wolves lose, then the Lakers jump the Wolves in the standings. So, yep. uh, big game Friday night. Uh, again, redundant, but I think we got to reiterate just how big the Wolves are now a full game behind the Warriors in the West for the sixth spot. And again, just a half game up on the Lakers. So, should be an interesting matchup on Friday night back at Target Center. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, like if they play like they did for the majority of this road trip, including I would say more than half the game in Phoenix. The Wolves should be in good shape on Friday, but uh, just just a huge game upcoming. And you really can't you can't underestimate the the D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, all these extra pieces that are sure the Lakers are the Lakers, and LeBron James is back, and Anthony Davis is suddenly playing really well, and that's one part of it. And the other part is what are these other guys going to do? And what is D'Angelo Russell's motivation going to be like? And how hot could he get in a game like this? And all of that is in play on Friday with just a, a heck of a lot on the line. And we're down to five. I mean, five games to go to settle all of this. And I just, I can't wait for Friday. I think it's going to be awesome. And the atmosphere at Target Center is going to be fantastic on a Friday night. Agreed. It's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, if you're not, if this is your first time listening to the postcast, we do go live after most Timberwolves games, about 45 minutes or so after the game, usually on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. You can also listen to the audio if you can't catch it live on any of your favorite audio platforms on the Lockdown Wolves channel. A big thank you for watching tonight. A big thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time.